0: but I really like, just so you know, I really like to teach the Bible, going verse by verse. And so we call this series, unchristian Christian, and I want to remind you, we're asking the question, what does it mean to be a Christ follower, right? That word Christian gets thrown out a lot, but what does it actually mean to be a Christ follower? We're walking through the New Testament book of Galatians, and there are lots of different things that some people say make you a Christian, right? If you do this, if you don't do this, that's what... Make you a Christian. and if you don't believe me, um, you should take a peek at some of our Instagram comments sometimes, or some of the clips that we share. Uh, it's pretty interesting um, some of the some of the opinions that people have. I actually saw us featuring some of them on the screen as an illustration, but I thought that I, I'd be canceled or something for bullying, um, so I didn't want to do that. But there are lots of people that have a lot of different opinions about what makes. Or, what makes you a good Christian? Because everyone says, like, well, of course, being a Christian is about Jesus. And then there's always a really big, yeah, but, right, that that always happens. And people like to add things that you have to do to be a Christian. And normally, what it is, is it's a bunch of Christianese, right, um, that sounds like it's spiritual, but it feels like. That's what ends up happening. It sounds like it's really spiritual, but it ends up feeling like it's slavery. And hopefully what you've noticed by now in this series uh, is is that all that mess that it seems like we deal with now is the same thing the church has wrestled with from the very beginning. In the churches in Galatia, um, to where this letter was written, it was the Jewish background believers saying that, sure, it's Jesus, yeah, but following the law too. says, yeah, but nothing, right? Like, he is, he's he been very aggressive so far, um, and, and I really like, he gets some spicy language today. So, uh, if you're, uh, I don't, I grew up um, with my with my mother being really kind sometimes, and then also very plainly speaking to me. And so, Paul does a little bit of, a uh, very plain speech today in Galatians. So, just a heads up for you. Um, maybe it reminds you of your mom in a nice let's say it like that. Uh, but uh, he, he says, yeah, but nothing. The good news is Jesus plus nothing equals salvation. So what does it mean to be a Christ follower? Remember, we kicked off this series with the foundation being a, a Christ follower is someone who believes, and we're going to talk about that idea of believing today, but a Christ follower is someone who believes it's Jesus who works for me. I, I can't rescue myself. I have nothing to that equation of my. Here, right, I believe that it's Jesus that works for me. It's Jesus who works in me. It's not my white knuckling, brow sweating effort that creates lasting change inside of me. It's Jesus, right? It's Jesus who works for me. It's Jesus who works in me, and it's Jesus who works through me. Right? It's not my people pleasing, applause seeking deeds that ends up impacting or changing a person's life, it's Jesus. It's all Jesus working for me, working in me, working through me. That's the foundation um, that Paul lays in the book of Galatians as that is what a Christ follower is. And it's from that foundation that we experience real transformation. That's what he keeps on talking about. He goes from laying that foundation to talking about transformation, not external tweets that happened, but a head to toe heart-to-soul transformation. That is what God is after. That's what God wants for us, right? And you won't always be what in your head. Like, you won't always be what you are right now. Things will not always be this way. You're not always going to be this way, not if you are a Christ follower. Remember, if you're a Christ follower, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, you're free. You've been set free. Freedom is the we have, and that's why evil is always trying to take it from you. so badly, and we need courage and conviction, and conviction comes from believing what you believe, and that's what we're going to talk about today, what you believe really down in your gut, right, so so like Mike Tyson, um, I'm talking about like Iron Mike Tyson, um, he, I wanted to quote him, he once said about tough guys um, that would bully people around him, that everyone thinks that they're a big guy. But if you sit them down for what they truly are, deep down inside, they're insecure in themselves. But what, what he's saying is they don't have any conviction. They don't believe what they present themselves to be. And, and that's a lot of what I feel like people have experienced, maybe in churches. Maybe that's something that you're even wrestling with on the inside of your own heart. That's what religion produces a lot of times, with people not believing they claim or what they present themselves to be. And Paul, in our passage today, like I said, he has some strong words um, for that type of thinking. So if you have your Bibles, going I hope you do, we're going to turn to Galatians, chapter number three. We're also going to have it on the screen behind me, um, and we can just jump into it. He kicks off, you foolish Galatians. Yikes, I told you. I told you. He's going to come out and you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? Whoa. This is some strong language. Not only saying, hey, you're foolish, but also saying, are you under some kind of spell? I don't understand what I'm seeing from you. You foolish Galatians, Who has bewitched you? Before your very eyes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified. I would like to learn just one thing from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by believing what you heard? So foolish at the beginning by means of the Spirit, are you now trying to finish by means of the flesh? Have you experienced so much in vain? If it really was in vain, He's talking about all that battling. Remember, we talked about the past couple of weeks a lot of the arguments and a lot of the resistance that people received as they were trying to follow Christ. Remember, in in these churches, you had a bunch of Jewish background people coming towards, making their way towards Christ, and then you had a bunch of Gentiles. Um, who were hedonists, really, just living for their own pleasure, pagans, also trying to make their way to Jesus. And there was a lot of class that happens there. Maybe some class that even happens in our churches nowadays, right? And so he's talking about, hey, was all that in vain, if it, if it even was in vain? And then verse number 5. So again, I asked, does God give you his spirit and work miracles among you by the works of the law or by your believing what you heard? So also Abraham believed God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. And, and there is lots to unpack in just these six verses here. But first, like I said, Paul's not pulling any punches. He's being very direct to them at this point. A lot of times in Paul's letters, I think it's really funny, he always starts with like a nice sort of greeting place and peace to you and all this nice stuff. And then like normally by chapter 3, like he's in the nitty and then, here, he's not born in Pontius Here he, is. he calls them foolish twice. And so I'll give you like the Brian translation of the, the first person and saying, You foolish Galatians, who is the which you? The Brian translation is, Hey, you idiot Galatians, how can you possibly be more idiotic? Right? This is, this is what he saying. This is kind of, it's in kind the of Greek. You just have to trust me. It's in there. But I love the clarity that he brings to this conversation um, with just a simple question. He says, did you receive the Spirit? Did you come alive to God by keeping the law or by believing? After coming alive to God by the Spirit, are you trying to stay alive by working hard to be perfect or for God to be proud of you? And I just want to encourage us to, to, to just take a second and, and maybe look inward and think about that. Am I doing that? started this journey with the Lord. I met Jesus, and he met me in my need. We heard a story a couple weeks ago, an awesome testimony when Paul was giving his testimony. He gave his testimony, where uh, I think all of us kind of identified where Jesus met us exactly where we were. That's how all of us start this journey. But somewhere along the way, we get tempted to try to finish this journey in the power of our own self by doing it, the grace of God, rescued me and set me free. Am I acting as if I could have done it myself all along? Because I'm such a good Christian. Because look at all the progress I made. You know what? I think I could have done it myself from the very beginning. Sometimes I can to talk myself into that type of thinking. I want to read verse number five again. He says, so again, if God give you His Spirit and work miracles in you by the works of? believing what you hear. so also Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. So I want to ask the question, what is believing? What is believing? Um, and now, I want to pull out an oldie but a goodie. Um, but I don't know if you might have seen this before, if you've been in, uh, in churches before, but um, this is chair, right? I can tell you all kinds of things about this chair. I want to use this as another illustration so for you to understand what believing is. So, this chair has a name. I know a lot about this chair. Not like Gary or Russ or anything like that. This chair has a name. It's an 8710 series cafetorium um, stacking chair with a chrome frame and a black seat and a black back, right? I know that um, this seat is 20 inches wide. Um, I know that it's 19 and a quarter inch deep. I also know that this chair, um, from where the seat begins, that's 17 and a quarter inch and the back of it is 30 inches uh, and three-quarters of of an inch tall on the back. That's what I know about this chair. I also know that this chair can support um, over 350 pounds. Wow, you wouldn't think that this chair could support all that. Because it only weighs 10 pounds itself. I know all kinds of things about this chair. I, I know where this chair was manufactured, and I even know who I can call really like this chair. I really do. You know that I um, am around this chair pretty often. Like, this chair I am around pretty often. I even stack it every single week. I touch this chair every week. I stack it every week. I know where it goes in the trailer. You know a lot about this chair. I love this chair. You know, I was the everything there is to know about this chair, but I don't believe that it's going to hold me up until I sit down in it. This is when I believe all of these things about this chair, that this chair actually can hold me up. It doesn't matter what I think about the chair. It doesn't matter what I know about the chair. It doesn't matter how I feel about the chair. But what matters is believing that this chair can hold me up. This is what belief what faith is when you sit down And, and, and I the you, like you might know a ton of things about Jesus. Like you might know all kinds of things about him. You might you might have all kinds of feelings about Jesus. You might be able to you might spend a lot of time around Jesus. But unless you sit down in him, unless you have faith, unless you believe Everything about that chair, but like when it was like, hey, you may be seated, I, was like, no, I don't know you guys would think that, like, well, it's he's the Pastor, right? But no, no, you've got to be foolish to never actually sit down in it. And it's foolish to stop facts about Jesus and never take the step to actually believe that He can hold you up, Him and Him alone. That's what makes you alive to God, not knowing. In the way. Paul mentioned Abraham, and he goes on in verse number 7. read it with me. But understand then that those who have faith are children of Abraham. Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. We're going to talk about that blessing in a second. So those who rely on faith with Abraham, the man of faith. The big concept that's taught here in these verses is those who are believing are children of Abraham. Like, like, like the kid song, right? Everybody knows the kid song? Maybe you grew up in church and you know the kid song about Abraham. Maybe you learned it. We're not going to sing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It has motions mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that don't really go with the song. I don't understand the different motions that you do with it, but we're not going to sing it. I know you want to. I see some of you guys Jake in the back up. We're not going to say a thing. But this is a concept that's taught here in this passage of scripture that those who are believing are children of Abraham. That's a big deal, right? Because there is a promise a blessing that comes with being a child of Abraham, with Abraham's offspring. And we're going to look at what that blessing is. But what has happened here with these Jewish background believers is that they were trying to add the law specifically circumcision as necessary to become a Christ follower, and that's because they didn't have a correct view of who Abraham was. They had a false view of who Abraham actually was. I want you to watch this. Pay attention. So a false view of Abraham. What these um, New Testament believers, these Jewish background believers, as they were coming to try to uh, make their way towards Christ, they had this false idea of who Abraham was that they were trying to add the law. They thought of Abraham as Jewish. Abraham is Jewish. Um, he circumcised himself and his family. Like, you want to talk about commitment. We talk about baptism. We talk about other things like that. Like, man, if you want to go back to Genesis and read, like, a commitment that you got to make, like, all of a sudden it's like, hey, God says, hey, I have an idea. This is what I want you to do. And he does it, right? And then he goes, oh, and I want you to do it to your whole family and all your siblings, too. All everybody in your And he does it, right? That's commitment that we're talking about. And so they, they think of Abraham as this guy who is Jewish, because he circumcised himself and his family, and he did this in keeping with the law of Moses, and that's what you need to do. If you do that, you're gonna be just like Abraham, and you're gonna be Abraham's a uh, child of Abraham, you're gonna be a real Christ follower if you do those so. things. The problem is, the story I just told you, that's not a, that's not the real view of Abraham. That's not who Abraham really was. In reality, Abraham was a Gentile. There were no Jews before Abraham. God called out, God selected Abraham and said, Hey, I, I'm choosing you. Out of, out of everyone else in the whole world, I'm choosing you. Abraham was a Gentile. There were no Jews before them. The real version of Abraham is that. And that God showed up to bless him and promised him land and promised that all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. And he had faith in God. He believed that. That's the story of Abraham. God came to Abraham and he believed him. The circumcision story that I was referencing, that didn't happen until another 13 or 14 years after that encounter that God had with Abraham. That, that's when he did that. And the law of Moses uh, didn't happen for another four or 500 years the story of Abraham is that faith is all that matters. That God came to Abraham and said, I want to make a great nation out of you. And he believed it. He believed God. But that's the story of Abraham. And a lot of times when i reading this, passage of the scripture, especially when I see Paul and he's like, he's foolish, delicious. Like, get him. Get him. Tell him. Tell the truth. Get after him. But the problem is, I have these same tendencies. You and I have a lot of these same tendencies. be gracious and just say, maybe we misremember our own souls. Maybe we misremember how we came to faith in Christ or what a Christ follower is. A lot of times if you ask some people what a Christ follower is or or why are you a Christian, they'll say, well, because I'm a good person. Because maybe I'm I'm really well behaved and I do all the right things um, and I do none of the sense wrong things, at least in public, I don't do those things. I speak the lingo. I'm really good at disguising uh, my religion with spiritual talk and spiritual christianity um, I also listen to Taylor love It's what's my number one dial as soon as I start my car. I listen to Christian radio. And so that's what makes me a good Christian. All of these things put together is what makes God pleased with me. So you should do all these same things too. You should be like me. of a Christ follower. What really happened to me is that Jesus met me in my need. I, I couldn't rescue myself. I, I was at the point in my life that I was with the a decision, Brian, you're either going to repent and believe the your gospel, you're going to turn to Jesus, or you're going to keep on trying to find satisfaction and life out there where it is not to be found, where you will never find it. A real Christ follower is Jesus met me in my need. Jesus tells me that he loves me and that he wants a relationship with me and that I have turned and I am turning from my own way, from my own ideas to try to become more like Christ. But, but it's not all these things that I'm doing. It's Christ in me doing these things like we read yesterday or last week with, with uh, what Craig was speaking about. It's Christ in you, his life being lived in you. And because of Jesus, God is pleased with you. And you need to be Jesus. That's what a real Christ follower, how a real Christ follower will think about. Not that, oh, no, you should be just like me. but no, you need to meet Jesus so you can become more like him. Listen, these are light years apart as far as the foundation where it started, right? But but it's it's because the divide begins with something really simple. just not believing. just not really depending on curse, as it's written. Curse is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. That's a big thing. Don't miss that. First is everyone who does not continue to do everything written in the book of the law. It's not that you didn't tell the truth once, or you told the truth once. It's that you have to always tell the truth. You can never break any part of the law ever. Period. Right? Because there's a curse for that. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith, it says. Verse number 12. The law is not based on faith. On the contrary, it says the person who does these things will live by them. Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. For it is written, "Cursed is everyone who is called on the tree. He redeemed us in order that given to, to Abraham might come to the Gentiles through Christ Jesus so that by faith we might receive the promise of the Spirit. But Paul quotes from four different passages from the Hebrew Scripture all to conclude in verse number 14. Christ redeemed us. He bought us that. He purchased us so that the same blessing, this is the blessing of Abraham, friendship, is the blessing of Abraham. God called Abraham to friend, and that blessing is extended to us by believing. That same blessing of friendship and relationship with God is given to us so that by believing, we can come alive to God. It, it, there's an exchange that happens. The blessing we receive is that exchange, and the gospel can be summed up in this one single Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. Jesus took my place. Period. That, that's the gospel. This is what Paul is fighting for. And don't get distracted by all the good things you think is going to rescue you or you think is going to give you favor with God. You're going to depend on these good things, and you're going to miss out on the blessings that Christ died to extend to you. Real ever friendship and relationship with God, we already say does not change, never changes his mind about you. When Jesus says, You're my friend, he's never going to change his mind about that. But right? Right? that's the blessing that is extended to us. The curse is mine, the purse belongs to me. The life. Good news. This is the real good news to hold on to. And a lot of times, there's three different reactions. And you might be having one of those three reactions. So I want you to just kind of pay attention to what's going on in your mind and in your heart. As you hear this good news, that the curse is yours, but the life is his, and it took your place, and that is the blessing of Abraham. And you don't get it by doing. You don't get it by knowing. good to be true, um, so maybe I'm going to pass for right now and listen and see if there's another way. There's a little bit of suspicion, right? Which I, I, I like to make a joke about, like doubting Thomas, like, you know, da- doubting pass, like that's pretty hardcore name. We should have called him, like, more like reason, reasonably suspicious Thomas. Right? <laughs> like, Jesus is back to life. I understand if you're suspicious, right? I understand. But I want to encourage you to dive deeper, push through that suspicion, because way too much on the line for you to say, I'm too suspicious. I'm going to hold off and see if there's another way to rescue myself. Is there another way to find peace and joy and life that is never ending? Is there another way for that? Is it a suspicion? Um, Sometimes there's offense, right? And and I think um, maybe some of this, I don't think Paul was um, afraid of offending people when he said, hey, these foolish relations. And so maybe there's a little bit of a that happens when you hear "Oh, you need Christ to take your place because you think that you're a good person and you've worked really, really hard and you do work really, really hard and I check all these little boxes and I'm doing so much for God to like me and it's really offensive to me to think that all I have to do is believe. Again, I would invite you to see our Instagram comments. But like, I'm offended by that idea, right? And so no sense. I'm, I'm going to keep on making sure I check all these boxes and do all these things that's what is actually going to make me a good, there's, there's a suspicion, there's a and the last response when you hear the good news that, you know, that Christ took my place is enthusiasm. And maybe maybe that's you today, or maybe that's been you in the past, but I want to encourage that enthusiasm to be your I that. Or I have no chance of being perfect or keeping all these rules. And so I'm going to enthusiastically believe this good that Jesus Christ took my place. And I'm going to believe that. And with that believing, I'm going to receive this blessing and overhead. it mean to be a Christ follower? We've said a handful of things throughout this series. What does it mean to be a Christ follower? Christ followers adhere to believing. That's what a Christ follower adheres to. Christ followers adhere to believing and they inherit the blessing. That's what a Christ follower is. That Christ followers adhere to believing and they inherit blessing. That's what a Christ follower is. I use the word adhering. Because adhering to a list of behaviors does not make you a Christ follower, remember. The, the blessing of friendship with God and presence of God isn't earned, or' right? It's inherited. Right? It's given. Right? We adhere to believing. That, that, that's what we hold on to. Right? And, and the blessing of friendship with God is not earned. It is inherited. It is given to us because we, are, we become so I want to ask you two questions, two questions to really kind of wrestle with today as we wrap up. Number one, what do you believe? This is a really important question to honestly ask yourself. What do you believe? Do, do you believe, have you believed, in sat down in Christ and Christ alone? Or are you depending on your own good works to gain you any kind of favor with them? question, it has to do with that inheritance. do you believe and will you claim that inheritance? Will you claim the blessing of Abraham? Right. Now this is the reason why I asked that question. It's just because you have access to something doesn't mean that you take advantage of it. Right? But, but I have a gym membership. I have access to the YMCA. Just because I have access to the gym doesn't mean I take advantage of with someone, um, and we were talking about the Old Testament, and, and they were like, oh, man, I, I wonder um, how much harder it was then, or how different is it then to now with, like, being able to feel from God and being able to have a relationship with Jesus and all, all this other stuff, because like, we have the Holy Spirit, and then it's kind of thing, so just because you have the Holy Spirit doesn't really take access, doesn't, it? doesn't really get, take advantage of the access that we have, and so these are the things that I want you to think about, what am I sitting there? Is it my good work? Is it how good I am or how good a Christian I, be? I beat myself up not my good as With those Maybe you've never followed Christ. Maybe today for the first time you can extend, you can exercise that belief. And say, so, you know, in the past I think I have depended on good works. I have depended on what other people say that I have to do. That we would be of.